Welcome to our series, Struggles, hashtag struggles, living for uh, Jesus or following Jesus in a selfie-centered world. Um, before we get into this, I would like to just ask you to continue to be praying. Many of you uh, have been praying for the last 40 days about our upcoming national conference. Our, our uh, national director, Phil Strout, has asked that the, the, the movement uh, be praying and, and fasting in some part uh, for 40 days leading up to our national conference because he felt like the Lord just told him, ask. Ask. That's what he's speaking to the movement right now, to the Vineyard Movement, is ask. So we're, we've been asking and we've been praying, and I want to ask you to continue to be praying as the national conference starts tomorrow. Uh, they're doing it in two halves. The first half's in Dayton, uh, uh, Dayton, Ohio, and then the second half in a couple of weeks will be in uh, Denver. So our half is going to be in Dayton, Ohio. So uh, ask that you be praying for that and that God would speak to the movement and God would move in the movement. The, the theme of the conference is Come Holy Spirit. So if you want to follow it on social media, just follow the hashtag Come Holy Spirit 2019. Uh, be a good way to follow the conference. So be praying that God would, would really pour out his, his spirit and his power and, and speak to us. Now, like I said, for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about struggles, hashtag struggles. Particularly, we're talking about struggles that uh, are exacerbated or um, uh, intensified uh, through the uh, advent of advances in technology and the advent of social media. Um, phenomena of social media has been both a blessing and a curse. And last week we started a conversation about how technology and social media is changing relationships. We, there, there are three things that we talked about in uh, uh, particular. First of all, the term friend is, revolve, is evolving friend is evolving. No longer is a friend someone who you know personally, you share life with. Some, now it's somebody maybe that you've never even met, but that has asked for your friendship on Facebook or is following you on Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever. So the whole term friend and what that means is evolving. We also mentioned the fact that we've become addicted to immediate affirmation. I mean, when we look at our post and see that somebody checked the like, there is, is a chemical that's a dopamine that is released in our brains when, it, when, when we see that, and we get addicted to that. We, we want immediate affirmation. And, and uh, the third thing we talked about is that now we have power to do friendship on our own terms. We define our friendship, and, and, and we, we, we talked about what that means in that. Today, we're going to talk about how it's affecting our authenticity in relationships, because it is. We live in a selfie-centered world. Now, is there anybody here that does not know what a selfie is? Anybody at all? Anybody here that does not know what a selfie is, but you're afraid to raise your hand? Okay, just in case that's the case... It's really, it's, it's taking a picture of yourself. Um, you know, you, you, you hit the, the, the camera button on your phone, you hit the reverse so it's the forward-facing phone. And Okay, now I, I want to see, I, I, I am very, very bad at this, but um, 
I want to get a selfie of, but how do I do this so it shows the most people in the church? I don't want to take a selfie of me up here preaching with empty seats. So I want to see which side has more people. This side has more people. Okay, so I'm going to do this side. Okay. There I am. I got it. Now, sorry over here, but they're just a little bit more photogenic. Anyway, uh, the whole, the, the term selfie, I mean, really, it was, it's a relatively new term. It, it was um, added to the Oxford English Dictionary in 2013, and that year it was announced as the word of the year, believe it or not. Uh, it's a word that didn't exist when my generation was growing up, but with the advent of social media now, everybody knows it. It's widespread in use. You can even buy selfie sticks so that, you know, when, when you can't, when your arm's not long enough to get, you know, to hold the, the, the phone out there for the picture, and that should tell us something right there about technology. I didn't say camera. I said phone with the picture, you know, same thing anymore. You can get these sticks that'll stand it out to, to get, and I'm terrible at selfies. I mean, when, you know, you've seen me post pictures before of, of our family at Thanksgiving or maybe if John and Riley are visiting from, you know, Kenya and, and the whole family's gathered around the table and we take a picture of us all. I can't do that. I can, I can sit here and take a picture of everybody in it, but I can't get in it. I don't have that ability. So I hand it to one of the kids. I mean, David can sit there and, and everybody's around the table. He goes, okay, here we go, just like that. I have a hard time just holding the camera with one hand and pushing the button because I, it's like I need an extra finger there. I've got everything else holding the, 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 this thing in place, and my thumb or my finger can't reach over to the... It's terrible. I was born for an old, for a different time, I guess. I <laughs> We take these pictures of ourselves, and then not only can we take selfies with our phones, but then after the picture is taken, there are filters in our phones, and we can change the lighting, we can soften the picture, we can change the coloring subtly, I mean, alter it any number of ways, and then if we still don't like the results, there's always Photoshop. You can go to Photoshop. You can trim a few pounds off. You can, you can, you know, the, the, uh, uh, remove any scars or blemishes. Only please know what you're doing because some of the photo, have you ever seen Photoshop fails? I should have got some to put up here. It's like all of a sudden, you know, somebody Photoshopped something and then, you know, like missing an arm. Or, or you know, part of their leg is, is, is missing. Or they've got this big chunk right here. They've trimmed a little bit too much. I mean, they look more out of proportion than a Barbie doll, you know. I, I mean, really, but you can, so please, if you're going to do that, do it right, but, but we have all these ways. We can pretty much alter our image any way that we want. See, the effect that technology is having on our relationships is that people are starting to fear and avoid unfiltered communication. We're fearing, we fear and avoid unfiltered communication. People have more ways of filtering their communication than ever before. Not just on our pictures, but think about it. We have spam filters on our email to weed out unwanted junk emails. 
We have phone, you know, the, the phone rings, and we can look at caller ID to see whether or not we want to answer it. Say, no, I recognize that number. They, they, they're speaking in an Asian language, and I don't, you know, I, I, I don't. Or, or, you know, all of that. We don't recognize the number. We send it to voicemail. I've got an app on my phone. works fairly well that, that, that filters out robocalls. Do you know robocalls? When, when, you know, it's your automatic dialing? Yeah. As well as, you know, we, 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 we do all this, and, and, and as we, you know, we filter out what comes into us, we also filter out the communication that we put out to other people because we don't really want them to see who we really are. In fact, some people take it to the extreme and, and com- create completely fake profiles online. Ever hear of catfishing? catfishing yeah where somebody pretends to be somebody else sometimes it's just for a prank to make fun of someone it you know or whatever but sometimes it's for malicious or criminal intent to get money out of someone or 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 or, or worse it's completely fake profile we don't always want people to know who we are we put out our best image to people and the things that we, the things that we want people to see and, and then we don't put out the things that would make us look bad or rather that would reveal who we really are deep down. The problem is, the more filtered our lives are, the more difficult it is to be authentic in our relationships with each other. But it's really nothing new. It's been going on since the beginning of man, way before social media and way before selfies. I want to look today at something that the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians. He's talking about something that happened in Exodus 34. Now, in Exodus 34, we see, you know, that's when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Moses goes up to the top of Mount Sinai. He's there, like, for a period of, like, 40 days and 40 nights, and, and... you know, he comes back down with the, t- with the, the Ten Commandments, and when he did, hit, did his face from being in the presence of God, his face was literally glowing, okay? It was glowing from being in the presence of God, and so he put a veil over his face. And whenever Moses entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he would remove the veil. When he came out, he would put the veil, he, he would speak to the people, and then he would put the veil back on. You know, I always looked at that, and I always thought that that was to protect the people from seeing God's glory, okay? He put the veil because, you know, to protect the people from seeing the reflection of God's glory on his face. Paul gives a little different twist on this. If you look at, at, uh, a little closer at the passage in 2 Corinthians, it appears that he wore the veil to keep the people from seeing that the glory was actually starting to fade from his face. See, he would, he would come down the mountain, he would talk to the people first, and then he would put the veil on, put a filter over his face so the people wouldn't see the truth that the glory of God was starting to fade. Let's look at what he said in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 13. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. He implies that he did not put on the veil to protect the people from seeing the glory, but rather he put on the veil to keep them from seeing that the glory was actually starting to fade away from his face. Paul's saying here that the old covenant was passing just as the glory was fading from Moses' face. Let's read on verse 14. 
But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It's not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. Saying when the old covenant is read in the synagogues, the unbelieving Jews are blinded from the truth. They can't see it. They can't experience it because a veil covers their hearts. Now he says in the next chapter, he says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. It says they're blinded. A veil is covering their hearts. And then in, in chapter, back to chapter 3, verse 16, he says, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The problem we have today is that most people are wearing a veil. And we have become skilled at filtering our lives so that people only see what we want them to see. For example, going out on a date. What do you do? Put on a nice outfit, take your shower for that month, you know, comb your hair, pick the spinach out of your teeth, put on your, you know, your, 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 your best, you know, your, your, your best front, and you go up and, you know, you, maybe you, you clean the car out, you wash it and you wax it and, and you know, get all the, the um, uh, hamburger wrappers, you know, throw them out and, you know, aerosol spray it so it doesn't smell like old French fries. Or you put your best foot forward, right? You don't go on a date and, and, and just, you know, walk up with, well, I was going to say holy jeans and T-shirts, but these days you can pay a whole lot of money for holy jeans, right? Maybe that is the best thing. Anyway, boy, I feel old. You know, when I get a hold of my jeans, it's time to relegate them to my lawn mowing jeans. Um, okay, where was I with this? So, yeah, you, put your, you, 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 you want people to think the best of you. That's what we do. We put on these filters. We don't just go right up and say, hey, this is, where, this is who I am. These are all my faults. These are all my struggles. These are the things I deal with. It. So now you deal with it because the person's going to turn around and run the other way. See, Paul implies here that Moses wore a veil over his face because he didn't want them to see the fact that the glory that he came down the mountain with was starting to fade away. That's why he put on, he would talk to them first and then he would put on the veil so they wouldn't see it. See, that's what insecurity does to us. It causes us to cover up or to hide. And we saw that in the Garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve sinned rather than come to God and say, hey, man, we blew it. We're so sorry they hid. And not only did they hide, but they got fig leaves together to cover themselves. It was a veil of sorts. 
a veil of sorts. This morning, I want us to ask ourselves, honestly, what's the veil that we're wearing? Think about it. Think about it. If something comes to mind, write it down. What is it that I don't want people to see about me? What am I doing? What is the veil that I'm wearing? Is, is it a veil of perfectionism where I can't let anybody see my flaws? I'm afraid to ad- admit a mistake because all of a sudden then I'm less than perfect and somebody won't like me anymore? What is it that's keeping us from being ourselves who we really are to people? What is it that's keeping us from opening our hearts to people? What's the veil? Let me ask you this. How truthful, I want you to think about your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, all your social media. How truthful is the image you're presenting of yourself on social media? Are you posting things so you'll come off as someone that you know in your heart really isn't who you are because you're afraid of people seeing the real you? Does everything have to be have to look perfect? Does the lawn have to be perfectly manicured to hide what's in the house? Now, does this mean that we're always honest and we show everything on social media? Yes and no. Yes, the things I show on social media need to be honest. I don't want to lie. I don't want to present a false front. But no, I don't want to show everything on social media. Some things are just better left off it. What I'm saying is this. Everything we say needs to be true. But everything that's true does not have to be posted, plastered on social media. Some people share way too much. And not everything should be shared with everybody. Now, you know, when we share every detail of every problem with everyone on social media, that can backfire in our lives. We're talking about being real. We're talking about being authentic. And, and you know, that, that's a value that we have at this church. We value being authentic. We don't present ourselves as this is the perfect church. We've got all our ducks in a row and everything. No, not at all. We want to be real. But at the same time, we don't get up here and share all of our flaws in front of the whole world. A lot of times churches will present themselves as, you know, just like the perfect this, perfect that. There's one church I know. I love it. Their t- t- you know, our, our, our kind of tagline is, you know, come as you are, you'll be loved. And this, this tagline of this church is the name of the church, and then it says, a pretty good church. And if you know the pastor, it fits because he's not hung up on himself or about any images. He's just like, yeah, we're a pretty good church. We've got our deals. We've got our issues. And I like that. 
Social media is not the place where we always remove the veil. There is a difference between always being truthful and using social media as a, a way to just, dare I say, vomit everything, all of our problems, put them on display for all of our sins. All of our, that, That's just not wise. We need to use wisdom, but there does need to be a place where we can have face-to-face communication and remove the veil that we're hiding behind so that we can know and be known, so that we can s- somebody can see our faults, can see our struggles. You know who struggles the most in, I don't know how many, 30-plus-some years of ministry? The ones that struggle the most, I found, are the ones that are too afraid to admit to others that they're struggling. So they keep this image up. They keep this thing up that is like doesn't let anybody else in. I can do this. I don't need anybody's help because if I admit that I'm struggling with this, then they're not going to like me anymore. They're not going to accept me anymore. They're going to reject me just like everybody else has in my life. Those are the ones that struggle the most. The ones that, that, that um, uh, I was going to say struggle the least, we all have struggles, we all have issues. But the ones that seem to be able to handle them more are the ones that say, hey, they find a people, they find a group, they can go to and say, this is who I really am. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm dealing with. And they find that they, they are loved and they are accepted. And you also find that other people they're sharing with have the same struggles as they do. Those are the ones that can seem to, to, to handle it the most. So, you know, we need to use wisdom when we, when we share, but there needs to be a place where that veil can drop place where we can be face to face and be really who we are. Looking back at 2 Corinthians 3 verse 14, to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read, it has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. And then he says in verse 15, even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. I I wanted us to see something here. Paul says that when Moses, referring to the Old Covenant, is, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. And this is what I want us to see. A veil that covers our face will eventually cover our heart. A veil that covers our face, what people see of us, will eventually cover our heart and keep out the very ones that can help us, the very ones who will love us, the very ones who will accept us. See, what starts out as a superficial covering, if it persists, can be a spiritual condition then. And the result of that is that now we have a whole generation that has become so conditioned to filter everything that now they don't even know how to enter up, to, 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 to open up. 
And they're afraid to even try because if they do, they're afraid people won't like them. They'll be afraid, they're afraid that they'll be rejected. And it's not just a social media problem. It's become typical in the way we relate in almost any setting. We don't really open it up. Hey, it's good to see you. How you doing? Fine, great. Truth is, you're falling apart inside. How's your marriage going? Oh, it's fine. It's great. Truth is, the distance between you and your spouse has never been greater. How's your walk with God? How's your quiet time? Been? Oh, it's great. Truth is, you haven't picked up your Bible in three weeks. But we're afraid. And I don't mean when somebody comes up and says, hey, how you doing? You just... Oh my gosh, it's, I'm glad you asked. I am struggling. I don't think I'm going to make it till tomorrow because you know those. You, we, we've all had that. It's like any life just sucked right out of you. I'm thinking I'm think if, you know, depending on the amount of relationship that we need those people that we have relationship with, say, hey, how's it going? Ah, it's actually kind of tough. I'd like to, could we talk about it sometime? Yeah, what about... Wednesday morning for coffee. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, we'll talk. Finding that place. There's a, 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 a veil that keeps anyone from seeing the real you. So many people, they live for the likes that they get on their posts. But they're starving for real love. Because the veil that keeps people from seeing the real you is also the veil. It also keeps you from receiving genuine love from others. So what do we do? What's the solution? I could say, oh, well, you know, take off the veil, lay down your filters, let people in to see the real you, open up, don't worry about what other people think. And that would be good advice. You may have some success with it, but it would be limited. Because the truth is, only Christ can remove the veil. It's only in Him. He's the only one that can really remove the veil. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Some of you have been looking to everything else for what only the Lord can provide. You look to everyone else. You're seeking acceptance. You're seeking approval, you're seeking affirmation from friends, from parents, from co-workers, even strangers, anyone who shows a glimmer of acceptance. Some of you have been searching for it your whole life, and you're afraid to take away the veil, let anyone know who you really are, because you so fear the rejection, and you so doubt that there will be acceptance. 
Some of us can go through our whole lives not even knowing who we really are because we're, 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 we're too busy trying to keep up an image of who we think people want us to be. I'm here to tell you this morning, if that's you, then it's time to turn to the Lord. Let Him take the veil away. Let Him determine and define who you are. Instead of looking for approval from people who are following you on social media and just spending their days clicking likes, clicking hearts, See, our identity is not in how many followers we have. I mean, I looked at my Facebook the other day. I've got over 900 friends. Don't ask me how I got that many. I have friends that I look at them. Am I friends with them? Oh, it says I am. And I have no idea how we became friends. You know? I have no doubt I could walk up to him in the street and say, hi, friend, and they'd look at me like, who in the heck are you? Our identity is not in how many followers we have. Our identity is in who we're following. 41 years ago this month, I decided I'm going to follow Jesus. Now, sometimes I've been following him pretty well. Other times I've been, it's been more like he's chasing me as I'm going down rabbit trails because I've not always done such a good job. But for 41 years, my heart is to follow him. That's the only place we can truly remove our veils and find freedom. 2 Corinthians 3 again, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I could do a Mel Gibbs impersonation, free, but I won't. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory see there is freedom when we turn to the Lord the veils are removed and the very thing that we're hiding behind we find out is the very thing that's keeping us bound it's like I put on this veil to keep others out and I don't realize that veil is really a straitjacket that's got me bound. And I'm bound to what other people think. I'm bound to what other people believe. I'm bound to what other people say about me. I'm bound with all of that. But when we turn to the Lord and he moves the veil and it's like, God, this is who I am. Everybody else, this is who I am. If you don't like it, that's okay. Because I know He does. And He accepts me. He receives me.
He loves me. He defines who I am. Not my past mistakes, not somebody else's opinion of me. I am who he says I am. Because the veil is gone. When we're willing to turn to the Lord and let go, that's when our lives can be transformed. That's when we can be free to be who he created us, who he intended us to be. The key is turning to the Lord and not just trying to do it ourselves and not looking for it by, you know, somebody, you know, getting so many likes and so many hearts and, and, and you know, er, er, everything else. So I want to ask you this morning, will you turn to him now and let him remove any veil that you've been hiding behind? Will you turn to him now and let him determine who you are? Not other people's opinion. Not how many likes you get on social media. Not how many friends you have or followers you have on social media. I'll throw away. I'll toss out all the friends on social media for one or two good friends. and for knowing who I am in Jesus. I don't care who likes what. I just want him to like it. And I know he does. He proved that. Because 2,000 years ago, while I was so far from God, while I was, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, while I had no inclination to follow him whatsoever, Christ died for me. He proved it. He doesn't have to prove it again. This whole thing of, God, if you love me, you'll do this. You'll answer this prayer. No, baloney. He's already proved it. And we either accept it or we reject it. I want to ask you now, will you turn to the Lord and say, here I am. I'm yours. If that's you, this is what I want you to do. I'm not going to have you stand up in front of anybody. Just the green cards that we filled out earlier. There's a spot on there that says, I said yes to Jesus today. Or I accepted Jesus or something like that. If this is the day for you, just check that off. And when we hand in the cards, we'll know. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we turn to you now and ask that your presence would just rest on us for a moment longer here as we turn to you. Take away the veils we're hiding behind. Let us not look to the protection of the veil, but let us look to the acceptance of you.
Lord, we repent of looking at the opinion and approval of others for our identity because it's not found there. We turn and we look to you, our creator. Yours is the only approval that we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's have the worship team come back up. <clears throat> While they're coming, if you decided today was the day and made the decision, I'm going to turn away from what I had been living and turn to Jesus, then just check that box on the card. We would love to know and to celebrate with you. Our issues are going to go ahead and